Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and today I'm so excited to be talking about the fantastic series Black Cake with some of the incredible writers from the series. We are joined by creator and executive producer Marissa Jo Sarar, along with writers Heather Jang Blatt, Kara Smith, Haley Tyler, and Yasmin Almanasir. And I wanted to start with you, Marissa, because it sounds like the moment that you read the the manuscript for the book that you had an immediate vision of, you know, this isn't necessarily speaking to me as a feature film, but this is really speaking to me, not even as a limited series, but a series that has the opportunity to really expand the universe of the book. But you also wanted to be very true to the foundation of the material you were adapting. Um, And I was just interested in just some of the gut instincts you had in your initial vision of how you wanted to translate this into a series that explored the book through season in one, but created a foundation that you could continue in the future? Well, I, part of it was just the depth of the characters and knowing that this was a streaming show, this was not a network series. And also in today's age, like it would require 20 episodes of a broadcast show, which I don't know if that exists. And these shows certainly don't exist on, on broadcast television. So I knew it would be a, 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 a small order I, I knew it would be probably eight, seven or eight, I felt like was what was happening at the time. And I just wanted to take the time with the characters. I mean, that was the most important part. I knew there's a character, Mabel, who we meet in episode five, who is this daughter that Eleanor gave up for adoption um, and, and didn't tell her husband, didn't tell her children until after her death. And I wasn't going to tell her story, all of her story in season one. It was just not possible in the way that I had structured it. And the book structures it where we're jumping back in time and we're meeting Mabel before she meets her two birth half-siblings. And I just wanted to wait. I I just didn't want to meet her before they met her, before Eleanor told us it was time to meet her. So I just knew that this was an ongoing series. And to me, season one is act one of Benny, Byron, Bunny, and Mabel's lives. Season two and three will content, would be act two and act three. And that's the way I pitched it. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll get a couple more, at least one more season, you know, tell these stories. I love that. And and for the rest of you, you know, what's what's so great about the way that it's been adapted for the screen is, you know, in the book and, and through the voiceover narration, we're very much learning about the world through Eleanor's eyes, um, through these notes that she's leaving her children, these voice notes that they're listening to. But then you get to expand upon that world in the scene. So she kind of brings us into the beginning of a scene and then you get to really look at how to expand that world. Are there other characters that actually maybe she's not talking about directly, but are going to be in this scene? And so I was just interested in that journey and, and how you would approach scenes in that way, starting with her perspective, but then expanding for whoever whoever wants to jump in first. Um, we always tried to, you know, stick very close to the book and went where we could, but, you know, it, it's just a different format. It's a different medium. And so there were definitely times where we had to dig deeper, where there were some, um, you know, big moments in the book that were like a page or a chapter. And, you know, we had to expand on those um, and really, um, you know, step those out. Um, and then there was a- other places in the book where, you know, there was so much detail that, you know, we really weren't able to um, include every, like, you know, there's just people, characters speak differently in books, you know, the dialogue is just, um, you know, can go on and on. And, you know, you have to make decisions um, to sort of keep things condensed um, to the size of a, of a scene. Um, but yeah, we we definitely had a lot of those conversations in the room. I think part, and the two the two examples that I always use 
episode three and episode seven. Each are three pages in the book. Eleanor really summarizes these life-altering moments. She was raped. She was in a train crash. She gave up. She went to a home for unwed mothers and gave up her baby for adoption. Those are my, the episodes were most exciting for me and most difficult. I think three was difficult to break in the room. Seven felt like a dream, but maybe it's just because of my own bias, (laughs) but um, we had to build these worlds. They were not built for us. And that's before, I mean, literally like building stages and going to sets and costumes, but we had to create all of the characters. Who is at the Scottish trading company? Who is at the home for unwed mothers? what happened before the assault, what happened after, like really to honor the journey, we would, that's the difference in, you know, a book and a show is you have to show, you know, what led up, what happened then and what happened after. So those are two really great examples what people are watching to go back. And if you look at the book and then you look at the show, we're honoring the text always, that was the mandate, but we had to expand and add, we had to populate these worlds. And it's, it's such a beautiful exploration in terms of the way that the story and no matter which characters we're following in scenes, it always comes back to this idea of female relationships, whether they're family members or friendships and the way that women just constantly lift each other up and support each other, whether it's someone they know super well or someone that they're just interacting with at a certain moment in life. And, you know, again, for, for whoever wants to jump in and talk about that, I was just interested in how having that center really gave you a guiding force for writing scenes and writing episodes in a show like this and knowing we always want to bring it back to this particular place. Heather? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, 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 that was one of the things that I gravitated to in, in the book and that we got to build so much in, in the show was that the mother daughter relationships and like just having, um, a lot of us have kids now uh, of our own. So just getting to play that out on the screen and to pull from our own experiences was very meaningful, I think, for a lot of us. Um, even like, and just even relating it to our own mothers and like just the whole generational thing. And that that is what I gravitated to in in the book and the the whole series was the generational, like this comes from your mother and then it gets passed down through you to your your kids and what is our original traumas that, that we pass down, but then also what makes us us and what builds, you know, like that, those bonds that make, you know, just a lifelong ancestry. Was that a similar experience for you, Yasmin? Yes, I mean, I think for me as well, I mean, it was so rich and beautiful to be able to explore the relationships between these women, but it was also a beautiful, rich story to show how different all of their experiences are and kind of show a complicated story of, you know, are we always able to honor how different our experiences are? And, you know, when do we force each other? When do we into a place of shame? When do we police each other? Um, And just to really get a really layered, nuanced look at relationships between women, as you're saying, but, you know, there are so many layers. Sometimes we uplift each other. Sometimes we silence each other. So we just really wanted to be able to explore the full scope of those relationships. And I think just jumping off of that, you know, the mothers and daughters are part of it. It's obviously, you know, Covey's mother abandoned her and then Eleanor has to give her child to someone else. Um, Her own child abandons her. But Bunny and Covey's relationship, to me, that is one of the things I fell in love with in the book. 
I hadn't really seen it. You have this, this young queer girl coming of age in Jamaica circa 1960 and her, you know, straight best friend and they love each other. Like to me, they are the soulmates. That relationship is the one I'm really rooting for. You know, I love them so much. And Lachey Anderson, who plays Bunny, is masterful. I can't wait for everybody to see the finale when we really get to see more of Bunny, but that that relationship with those two girls and then Matilda and Pearl and their friendship, which we don't get to see a lot of in season one, but perhaps there'll be more to tell. But I think it's female friendships that aren't just familial, but they're also platonic was something that I felt so exciting to me um, to bring to the screen as well. And for us to all talk, you know, in our all female, you know, writer's room, we all have very, work from very different places but we all had our own stories and we brought all of that. And hopefully you'll see the, the, the nuances and the specificity in each of these relationships. I love that. And, and Kara, I'm going to come to you first for this next question. Um, you know, cause one of the things I love in watching the character of Eleanor in, in the present space, and then going back to when she was still Covey before she even adopted a new identity out of survival is just, you watch this young girl with such an idea of the world and so much hopefulness. And then you see the essences of childhood just stripped away. And in every single episode, because we're moving back and forth in time, we get to see those two juxtapositions living side by side. And so what was the experience of getting to write this really rich character and getting to kind of step into those two very different spaces with her? I mean, it was amazing. I think like one of the things that came out of uh, working on this show was like, how to be curious or, or being more curious about your family members, especially when it's intergenerational. And I think that like where Covey was born is so, so different from where she traveled and those experiences colored her and, and who she became later on. Um, and so it was just lovely to kind of create a character that was going from uh, this young girl in a, in a, in a beautiful place and and one of the things we talked about is like growing up on an island like that you know cubby around her identity you know to leave and then suddenly be thought of as a minority and an immigrant is very jarring and and that completely changes who she is when she gets to england and then also when she um is in america so it it is it it creates like this wonderful full circle moment for the character but i do think it also touches on a lot of realities for our audience um but i hope it certainly touched me and um yeah it was it was awesome and for you marissa to that vein kind of what what was important to you to really bring to those two different sides of the character that you felt were important to capture when she's still got her innocence and then when she's very much thrust into adulthood very quickly well, it, we, I wanted to say, not even just in terms of the writing and the performance, but um, in production and the production design and in the way that Jamaica is portrayed was very, very important to me that it was aspirational, that these flashbacks to her life before were joyous, beautiful. I mean, the, the, I mean, you look, it was stunning. Like you want to go, you want to be her, her clothes. I said to Haley, our costume designer, I said, Bunny and Covey, like, I want them to be cool. Like I want us to watch them and we're like, okay, I wish I could go buy that vintage, like, you know, uh, macrame, you know, tank crop, you know, which they, they look gorgeous. And I, I wanted to be true. She's middle-class. Her dad has a store at a time he was successful, but, and there are different, you know, neighborhoods and I, there, there is poverty, but it, we're so used to seeing this, this idea of Island life, at least me and what I've been exposed to, it's either like white tourists, 
visiting this location and something happens and the people who actually live there are the supporting characters in the story or it's just a beautiful backdrop or it's a crime crime drama and and and, and it's dark it's very dark you know there is no beautiful no bread trees <laughs> you know like we're not in the sea so i wanted to make sure that it was her memories are positive it, her life wasn't easy but she yearns for home and so i wanted visually the colors all of it the whole crew and the whole team like that was that was our discussion um at the very beginning so i hope that that came across i think that it did just to see and you can see the colors of scotland and england and the costumes and the, and the, the cinematography and the production design are are different they're muted because she is you know not as bright as she was when she was this girl who really was so unique and that she had a voice in a time when young girls weren't really heard and where she lived and at the time and all of a sudden her voice you know she's getting smaller and her world's getting smaller and her voice is is being silenced and you know ultimately she finds it again but it takes her you know a, a run a dash across the world for her life to, to you know to get there uh, I mean, and, and for all of you off the back of that, in terms of the locations, locations are so rich because the show was actually filming in Jamaica and Wales and Scotland and London and America and literally all over the world internationally. And it's, you know, I think it just brings a lot when you have these scenes in Jamaica and it's the local community or the background artists in the scenes. And it gives a lot of richness um, in each of the locations to really have such an identity in the show. Um, and so how did that help shape the way that you were all writing the, the series, kind of knowing that you were going to be able to have the show on location and to really expand the universe and, and not be constricted in trying to recreate it or having to film everything inside studio locations. Um, how did that shape some of the writing process for all of you? Well, for me, certainly it was making sure that it it really felt authentic, that we were like, one thing I love about the show is the specificity of, of the characters' experiences, but also like um we we are we really do celebrate the the times that that we're in so when we're in Jamaica like 1950s Jamaica we wanted to make sure that that was real that we were giving um it, it to what MJ was saying that we were telling the truth you know what it was like and what the joys of those times felt like what they looked like what they smelled like um we talked a lot about like even how Covey would have felt leaving Jamaica and landing in like freezing cold England and and exactly what that that feels like and um and how sometimes it feels like you can never get warm and then um what it's like to to surf as as an older woman and and um I don't know it, for me it was about making sure that we had a real understanding of the time and 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 infusing the story with it there was so much um, specificity and detail in the book, and it was great to be able to, um, you know, always go back to the book and and immerse ourselves in that world. And then beyond that, um, you know, we also did lots of research to, you know, really make sure that we were, um, you know, getting things right and making it feel authentic and grounded and as real as possible. And Kara, we have Kara, Kara, who, you know, helped so much. She was just like an encyclopedia history buff, but also, you know, <laughs> where she is from, which if you want to talk a little bit, Kara, about if you, whatever you feel comfortable sharing, but she just <laughs> helped us with so much specificity and authenticity as well um, to, to the whole series, but specifically to the Jamaica part of it. <clears throat> oh, 
Thanks, MJ. <laughs> but um, I'm from Bermuda. I, I grew up in a very, very small island. Uh, it's part of one of the reasons why I connected to Covey of, of like, you know, Covey is a young girl that has dreams and she has these big ideas for her life. And um, the, it, I really resonated with that. Um, and so, you know, I I was so excited and enthusiastic to have a show that's going to show like island life for reals. So I wanted to make sure that like everyone just knew what it was really like, but also there's such a rich history um, of the Caribbean nations in in England. Um, and I also wanted to make sure that, that we understood that um, because it, it's such a big part of UK life and culture presently and and the time that Covey would have been traveling is really a pivotal time in British history um so yeah <laughs> I love that stuff I, I it's part of my history so I was very enthusiastic and, about it and Kara, Kara was great because she her dad uh so lives there so he would send us videos and then Kara would send us the videos of him and his like lush backyard <laughs> like and we yeah. would actually get to be on the island and see like what foliage is growing there what fruits are going there the great like the really cool thing was that um her dad sent like this loquat tree which yeah. has always been in my grandmother's backyard and so I just thought I, I was like it's in California but like it, nobody really knew when I was growing up what a loquat tree was and I would always bring them to school and then here it was in Bermuda and then we then both looked up like where loquats come from like the shit like the like um like M Mabel does yeah and it comes it comes from China like, yeah. it's a so Chinese like, fruit it, it's a Chinese fruit that got to the islands who then like got brought to California you know all over the world but it was very interesting <laughs> to find yeah. <laughs> I love that. And um, Yasmin, I'm going to come to you first for, for the next question, because there was something that Marissa was saying in terms of, you know, her life back home wasn't easy, but it still had a lot of joy to it. And it made me think of her relationship with her father, where it's a very difficult relationship that they have. There's a lot of hurt in that and a lot of imperfections. And, you know, he's the reason that she ends up in the position of being put in this marriage with a much older man against her will. And at the same time, there is love between them. It's a very specific love. And so I was just interested in the experience of writing a relationship and capturing so many different complexities in the way that you're able to in the show. Yes, you know, I mean, it's such a it's such a a beautiful relationship. You know, a father-daughter relationship is something that, you know, we really wanted to make sure that we were doing justice, you know, especially like when your father is a is a, a different race than your mother is such an interesting dynamic and our international relationships are so interesting. And I think what we really wanted to accomplish was like finding a way to show complexity in these characters and that there isn't really a bad guy. Like I think one of the things that makes me most excited about what we do as storytellers is showing someone and their decision making and thinking, what is wrong with this person? Why would they do this? And then making you privy to the right moment to really understand this person's perspective and to understand that they are doing the best they can. They're making decisions about survival. That is so much the spirit of the show is decisions made for survival. So we really wanted to show that in their relationship, you know, that there is so much regret sometimes in hindsight about decisions made for survival, but oftentimes our, our choices are very limited. 
And we do things so often trying to protect the people we love and we end up causing harm. And that is a very specific dynamic too with so many parents and so many children, like so many children have that experience of feeling harmed by their parents' decisions, decisions that were made really for their protection originally. So it's just such a a complicated story, but it really is so universal. I mean, I think it's what we were trying to do with the whole show is just to show that all of these experiences rhyme with each other. And like, you know, a story about a queer person really does echo in the life of our, our other characters who are not queer and how it's all related. And, you know, I think that's that's something that we tried to show in that relationship between Covey and her father is that so often we make decisions that we really do feel are in the best interest of people we love and we end up causing harm on accident. And that's such a great point in terms of the way that the show just kind of gives you these different perspectives through different characters through scenes as well. Um, and Heather, I'll, I'll start with you for this next one. Um, because like, I love the way that there's scenes that we kind of get to revisit at different moments and see from different characters' perspectives. Um, you know, one example of that is the, the fact that with Benny, she wasn't present for her father's funeral. And so the family thought, you know, she didn't want to show up. It wasn't important to her. And then we learned there was a huge reason why she wasn't there. And she actually drove up, but she just couldn't come inside. Um, and so how did you go about getting to work on a show where you get this opportunity to not just look at a scene once, but to really richly develop it from different perspectives and to constantly revisit some of the same moments throughout the show? No, I, I, I think that that was part of the magic of the book was that you got you did get to explore and it was parsed out throughout the book. And then MJ really wanted to get the, the perspectives of everyone. And that's the great thing is that you, you're you not just looking at it in one, one way. You're not just looking at it from Covey's point of view. You're looking at it from the past, the future, <laughs> the present, and, and then getting to go off with each of these characters and how each one of these characters um, like how a decision made by Bert was made, you know, has affected everybody. But then when you turn around, you get to see how Benny, uh, why, you know, why from her point of view as well. And, you know, that's, that's, that's something that's very unique to the series because you don't always get to see that and get everyone's like story <laughs> uh, and, and get to love everyone like you know get to love everybody's point of view and see that we are all we are all flawed <laughs> and and but we all got we but we all affect each other and that's why things there is the, the disconnect and why you know ultimately we do need to like talk to each other because <laughs> we don't we we're all going off we're our own main characters of our lives but everybody else is our side characters and if we just turn around and put ourselves in their shoes we could probably work things out with them. <laughs> I think that's you know that's one of the the great themes of the show is is secrets keeping the, the secrets that we keep from the people that we love and what drives us to do that you know is so often shame the shame that surrounds it um and you know Benny is keeping secrets from her family um Eleanor is keeping huge secrets from her children. And, um, you know, in many cases, the secrets that we keep from our loved ones, you know, maybe they, we might think they're a bigger deal than they actually end up being to the people like, but, it, but it causes so much heartache and so much strife to hold on to that secret and to keep it. Um, and it was just really great to be able to explore that from so many different characters perspectives. 
Absolutely. And and Marissa, what were some of the challenges that came in just navigating and kind of like tracking all of that? Okay, so we've looked at this scene from this perspective. If we're going to step back into that moment, what's the purpose? What's the shift in perspective or the additional detail that I want to give the audience in this moment? I think because I, I knew when I pitched it, I exactly how it would be structured. And I, cause I just am so really, really prepared because I don't like being asked questions. And I don't have the answers to it. These huge meetings with all these people staring at me. So I had a very detailed map when I pitched this show and I knew which episode that we would look at Lynn's point of view of the wedding. And then we would jump back in time and see who Lynn was. I didn't want to tell the audience in episode one that Lynn had more to him. I didn't want them to all of a sudden empathize and root with him. I just wanted to tell, you know, we meet someone, we get a first impression of them. And then if we talk to them and ask them some questions, we might learn a little bit more about them. And so that's what would happen when the story, when it was right, when it was the right moment, when Lynn would tell us, when Lynn was thinking about his life, when he was looking back and saying, what did I do? Where did I go wrong? How did I get here? That's when we flashback, not just arbitrarily to put exposition in the first episode of a television series. Um, So it was all character. And so just for me, it was understanding all of that when I pitched it. And then when we, so when I have a writer's room, then we come in, we have so much to work from, but it's really just digging through and excavating and adding all of those details and talking and everybody putting parts of themselves in it. And so it really, I hope I'm probably like jumping. I can't remember what you asked me. Oh, points of view is changing for sense. And also genre. I, the book is, you know, it's a family drama wrapped in a mystery. It's much more family drama. It's very quiet, um, as is the show. But I, I pitched it. I wanted to make sure it was very clear. This is a murder mystery. We won't forget that. And part of that, the genre of it all was changing perspectives on the wedding night in order to eliminate suspects of who killed little man in a way that is not like a procedural, you know, that is not like fill in the blank, you know, television show. Um, so just I think so much planning made it successful. I think it's successful in what our intentions were. Um, but I, it was really about character in 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 going into their world when the story told us it was time to get to know them a little bit more and to dig a little deeper I think if that if that makes sense yeah absolutely and and Haley I think you were writing on episode seven right um which is such a pivotal moment in terms of some of the backstory that we get with her and um, I wanted to ask in particular about just writing the scenes where we see her giving birth to her daughter and just really having her autonomy and her choices and her wants and needs stripped away so heavily both in the scene where she's giving birth and she's even trying to say what she needs you know she's like I want to see and they're like no it's best if you don't this is just how we do it and then the scenes that follow in the relationship that she starts to want to build with her daughter but isn't being allowed to have yeah, that was um, it, like just such a dream to write that episode with MJ um, and um, it, so, so many powerful scenes in that in that episode. Um, you know, we really did a lot of research about those homes that women were sent to at that time. Um, and, you know, that detail that you mentioned about, you know, wanting to see was was a real detail that we had found in our research that you know, that women, young women would often be told, like they would stack pillows on their stomachs so that they couldn't see what was happening. And they were just kept in the dark about everything. And many of the young women were so young that they didn't really understand what was happening to their bodies and um, what was going to happen um, during labor. And they were just 
completely uneducated and, and not um, allowed to, to be involved in any of it. And it was just heartbreaking. And so we wanted to capture the reality of what those um, places were like and what it was, what it really would have been like for Covey to go through that and to have her autonomy completely stripped away. Um, to go through, you know, what is for most people, one of the most, um, you know, life-changing moments that you'll ever go through um, becoming a mother to, to, to not be able to own that process and to make it her own, to just have it um, completely stripped away. It was, it was really important for us to go really deep on that and to really get inside her head and understand just how heartbreaking and shattering that would be for her. Yeah. And in, in talking a little bit about where the season ends up at the end of, of episode eight, um, this will be going out once once that's aired next week. Um, I wanted to ask just about really figuring out what is what is the place that we want to leave these characters in? Because it's not like listening to these tapes of Eleanor suddenly solves all the problems that her kids have. You know, they're at a point where they have now met a whole other sibling that's part of the family now. And they're all really at the beginning of a new chapter of just, you know, opening themselves up, being more vulnerable, finding a little bit more self-freedom in truth and honesty and less secrecy. Um, and so how did you all have conversations and discussions to really figure out what's the end goal for this character that really leaves them on a path for hopefully season two and beyond where we can continue to carry that? Well, I would say for me, one of the, oh, sorry, I'm uh, One of the, uh, like, other cool relationships that I really loved was getting to see Byron and Benny become brother and sister again. And Benny, um, you know, we do find out what's what's been going on in her life. And it's really, really, it's a lot. And um, and it's it's a wonderful opportunity for Byron to show up for her um in a way that can rebuild their family. Cause now they they are they are off orphans in the world you know they they've lost both their parents um and for a while they lost their family and so it's it was wonderful to kind of create this opportunity for them to come back together again um which I really loved um and so I I think we had a lot of conversations about where they would end up for sure because they were so far apart in the beginning yeah I think I mean there are so many conversations and so many opinions and voices and you know some people wanting to throw not not these people on this call um <laughs> wanting to throw everything and I'm like no stop we can't tell every I mean this is not the end of the series it's not a series finale hopefully for me I I wanted to open doors close some doors open doors and and like I said in the beginning it's chapter one Byron and Benny they're now back in each other's lives what does that look like you know, Byron has just been told that his, the, his partner who broke up with him is pregnant and that she isn't sure what she wants to do. What is what is he going to do? He sits down and you know, is doing a deposition, um, you know, with his with Mr. Mitch uh, for a, a discrimination lawsuit. What happens there? We see Steve watching this video of of Brian of Byron is his confrontation with Byron what is he going to do with it Benny mentions her grandmother Matilda very subtly quietly Eleanor also mentions her what does that mean does that mean we might find out what happened to Matilda Mabel has not been able to <laughs> process anything that happened or people understand the timeline like nine days this is very brief. A lot happens because we're spanning 50 years in the past and nine years, nine days in the present. So she now is forced to return to her real life. 
her son and her parents, what is she going to do? Is she going to go try and find out who her birth family was? Is she going to confront her parents and say, what I've heard the story, this tumultuous story about my adoption. What did you think was happening in that moment? So there's just so much story left to tell. And so it's really leaving these characters like, what's next? Now that I, my, this part of this is over, listening to my mother's recordings is over. But what now do I do with all of that information? With the truth? What do I do with the truth? That's why I hope everybody sees that we left these characters. And Bunny, you know, uh, Bunny slash Etta. What is she going to, now that she's confessed to killing little man, what is, what's next for her? You know, and I really want to explore, I want a bunny, you know, spinoff show. I love her so much. I just want to tell her story too. So it's just, what's next? What do I do with the truth now that it's all out there for, for each of these characters? Well, it, it's such a beautifully written series. You've all done such a phenomenal job along with the rest of the team working on this show. So congratulations on an amazing season. And thank you so much for sharing all of this. I really appreciate your time today. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you.